Coco. Welcome, welcome to the next installment of the Yummy Coco Show. This is a pop culture variety show for your ear holes with sketches, music, interviews, and games. I'm your host, Yummy Coco, aka Colette Prosper. I'm a comedy writer and filmmaker. On this show, we talk about everything. This is another holiday edition of the Yummy Coco Show, year 2021. We are quickly, quickly approaching 2022. Uh, Later, I am replaying one of my highest rated episodes with manifestation coach and writer Mary Merkins. But first up, some housekeeping. If you like this show, please give it a rate or a review. It's how you can help people to find the show. But before we get into a replay of the sketch, Oprah interviews WandaVision. I want to check in with Lucas, who wants to world premiere his song just for you. Hey, Lucas. Hi. Can you say hello uh, closer to the microphone? Hi. I made this story by, so I am E, and I made this story. I mean, well, I made this We're getting song. ahead of ourselves. So you made a song, right? Mm-hmm. What's the song called? Dance Like a Chicken. Dance Like a Chicken. And it's a banger, right? Pretty much. But if you want to know how I made it, so at school, I... There's this thing called DLR, Daily Language Review. Uh-huh. And it said every every year uh, people dance like a chicken. And then I started singing it. I started singing the song. You started singing Dance Like a Chicken. Was this in class or were you listening uh, very attentively in class and then you sang this uh, in your free time? I sang it while I was working, cause I, cause it really was, uh, it really. I thought I, this it was a good song. Nice. Okay, so this is awesome, and we're going to play the song right now, and we want to wish all of you a very happy uh, start of the year, a very happy, safe, healthy, twenty twenty two. And I don't know. What what do you wish for everyone? I hope that everybody has a good time and that COVID will end and that will be and it'll be the end of COVID for a pretty long time. Or at least till I'm sixty-eight. At least until uh, God willing, uh, 60 years from now. So anyway, let's kick it off with Dance Like a Chicken. Happy New Year. Hi. 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 Hi.
Here with me right now is the author of Manifest It Bitch, uh, Mary Merkins. Hey, Mary. Hey, Colette. I'm so excited to be here. Hey, welcome. So like, um, you know, Kanye West, you know, he changes his name to just yay. Um, but then it, it begs the question of why Kim is still Kim Kardashian. Um, like she was on SNL recently as Kim Kardashian. So like West, Kim Kardashian West. So like, yeah. do you think she, was it like some kind of witchiness at play? Did she manifest it? Do you think that she's like absorbed his name? You in know like. You know, it's so crazy. It's funny you mentioned that because I heard like uh, this, obviously this isn't necessarily something I believe is true or anything, but I heard heard this funny thing. um, I don't know if it was on TikTok or where it was, but like that apparently the women in the Kardashian family have like a curse on all men that join their family, which I think kind of tracks in a way, which is so crazy because I feel like the men in their lives have all had like this crazy downfall. Oh, Travis (laughs) Parker, be careful. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if the men who become part of their family are really cursed. Cause yeah, like, even if you think about like Rob and, um, and just all the men that, become part of their family have had something kind of traumatic happen at some point, you know? So. Ooh, like, um, black widow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So who knows maybe, (laughs) but, um, yeah, I think that's, I did not even know that about Kanye. So that is very interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. So maybe he's trying to shed the curse in a way, uh, just distance himself from, from what he was before. I don't know. Maybe he's trying to will some new energy into his life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so we're going to talk about, we'll talk about lots of things. We're going to talk about manifesting things into existence, um, listening to the universe, you know, just some, some real hot girl, woo woo retrograde, which yes. shit. We're going to get into it, especially as we approach uh, Scorpio season. So welcome, Mary. Thank you. Yes. And I'm a Scorpio. So how appropriate. <laughs> how, when's your birthday? October 25th. Oh, so my goodness. Up. Oh, my goodness. My my mom was October 28th. And then my in-laws are, um, are the first of November and the seventh of November. And my dad's a ninth of, was the ninth of November. So we, I, my, our, our parents were double Scorpios basically. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. So interesting. So, so my home life was Scorpio season. <laughs> um, so yes. Uh, so, and then also, you know, in manifesting, did you manifest yourself being on this podcast? Oh yeah, definitely. I definitely have always, you know, enjoyed just, um, talking about everything that I'm interested in, you know, yeah. it's always been something fun for me, you know? So yeah. So happy to be here. Great. Okay. So um, first up some housekeeping. If you like the show, please rate and review. It's how you can help people to find the show. Um, before we get into our chat, let's kick things off with a uh, replay of the sketch. Oprah interviews WandaVision, which is basically a spoof of the Harry and Meghan um, chat with Oprah. It was so explosive, uh, but it's, it's within the, uh, the the uh, vision of of WandaVision. So did you did you see WandaVision? That's another witch. I know witch. that's the one thing. I that's like the one thing I don't have is Disney Plus. So oh that's no, the one I ha- <laughs> I have the, I have them all. I have HBO Max. I have Hulu. Uh-huh. I have Amazon Prime. 
but that is the one Disney plus that I still need to get. So, oh my God, you got to manifest it. I know. I just need to manifest getting a subscription from like some random person and it'll all work out. So yeah. (laughs) Sketch. It is the event of a century. Wanda and Vision sit down with me, Oprah, and my good friend Gail's pergola to set the record straight. Just the three of us. Wanda, were you silent or were you silenced? After millions flamed your ghost kitchen on TikTok. I mean, the reverse happened. The comments made me cry, so I made them cry. Apologize! Sounds like there was a breaking point. So many trolls trashing your food. I don't know how any of this started. It began with you using so many beets and hot dogs in all your food. Why would you do that? As you know, Oprah, I grew up in communist Sokovia. It was a rough time and I can only cook using my memories. We really liked beets and hot dogs. But I was also questioned about my potato salad. I mean, hold up, wait a minute. What? Who was having that conversation? But despite the trolls, I'm still here. Expanding the borders of our false kitchen world. This ghost kitchen is our home, and we're not going anywhere. I just want to make it clear to everybody that there's no subject that's off limits. When it comes to this synthesoid, and which creating the illusion of glamorous fine dining. Vision, so many more ghost kitchens have popped up since yours got called out. Are you going to order from Guy Fieri's Flavortown? Uh, not, not for me, thank you. I don't eat food. <laughs> that explains the empty refrigerator. Even with the Mind Stone? Vision, You weren't concerned at all about Wanda's menu choices with all the beets and hot dogs? My biggest concern was history repeating itself, with Wanda taking over an entire town because her ghost kitchen was called out. I just want a simple life with people that I love and be able to take over a 7-Eleven or Chuck E. Cheese and pass it off as artisanal dining. For me, I'm just really relieved and happy to be sitting here, talking with my wife by my side. So what if she puts beets and hot dogs in every single entree? It has been unbelievably tough, but at least we have each other. We are an unusual couple, you know. I I don't think that was ever in question. 
I please go now? I feel trapped in this interview. You are trapped, Oprah. I, myself, am trapped. What? Awesome. So let's move on. And now we're back. Um, so awesome. We're getting into my chat with uh Mary Merkins, she's a writer, producer, comedian, manifestation coach. Uh, We're going to talk about manifesting things into existence and how to use your inner badass self to achieve goals. Um, So Mary, you've you've made movies, you write screenplays, you've done stand-up, you worked at a talent agency, you were assistant for um, many showrunners and developers. Um, You've, you've, you've done so much in Hollywood already. Um, even, uh, you took some Pilates classes and then that sparked an interest in Pilates. And then you became an instructor. Um, you know, how, how have you, um, manifested things into existence? Like how did manifest, were you always manifesting things? Uh, was this something that sort of came to you living in California? You know, I feel like I've always actually manifested things without even knowing it. Um, Mm -hmm. Just as a kid, like um, I actually grew up in a really small town in Minnesota on a, a, you know, a farm and um, I would just daydream about, you know, palm trees and the ocean. And it's so funny because when I was applying to college, Mm -hmm. I actually didn't look at many colleges in person. Um, It just wasn't a thing that my family did. I know nowadays everyone like (laughs) brings their kids all over to tour all the colleges to make sure they're like a right fit, but I didn't. And I just applied to UC Santa Barbara kind of on a whim, which is funny because, and then I, when I went there, it's literally Mm -hmm. right next to the ocean with palm trees. And, um, and I got to live in a house, you know, on a cliff right next to the ocean. So oh it's kind of like, it's kind of like I manifested that without even knowing. And, yeah. and then I just got into it a little bit more intentionally. I mean, like a lot of people, I watched the secret, but, um, there are a lot of things that I could, um, expand on the secret that I don't think aren't, you know, quite there. Um, like definitely depending on the person, the way you manifest something might be a little bit more specific to you that I think they don't touch upon. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so that's kind of when I really started getting into that. And then also, um, reading tarot also really into astrology. I'm trying to learn more about astrology, uh, Western astrology. I should specify. I don't do Vedic. So, which I wish that's one of the things I'd like to learn about too, is Vedic astrology. But, um, yeah, definitely really into tarot as well. Been reading tarot for, uh, I don't want to say how old I am, so I'm not going to say how long. Yeah, I've been for a long time. All good. For a long time. All good. So, yeah. Uh, and uh, I have, um, I can't remember the name of the uh, tarot card box that I bought. It's like wild and wonderful, maybe. I have to look 
I'd have to look for it, but it's, uh, it's not the standard, like, do you the have rider weight one? I think so. The one that like it's sold at most bookstores. It, yeah. It, it looks like a very long card box, like a, like a playing cards box and it has like, um, the, the cups, like it, it looks like very medieval, like the pictures. Mm-hmm. Is that the one that you use? Well, the one I started with, um, is kind of the basic rider weight deck, um, okay. which has a picture of the magician card at the front. And then, um, so I think that's the best deck to start with. If you're starting out with tarot is to buy and and you would find it anywhere. It's called the rider weight deck. It's a good basic level tarot to start at because you start to memorize um all the cards and then start to get intuitive about all of them and make sure you know they're specific to you as well like you don't have to you can take the basic meaning and then Mm -hmm. intuitively um you know learn more about it and then I think it's fun to go on the other decks like you know I got a you can play with some of the Oracle decks or the animal cards. Um, and then sometimes you'll start to notice, like I have multiple decks mm-hmm. and I kind of know which ones are a little bit more like sassy or like Ooh. negative. I don't know. I don't want to say negative, but like, I'll definitely have some decks that will be a little bit more like in your face with the cards they give you versus others. So, so the brand that I bought is called the wild unknown and it's a really beautiful box set. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that they, they, they teach you all these different methods of, uh, of like tarot card reading. And one of the easiest ones is, is like something like the three cards, like you lay out three cards. So mm-hmm. do you have like a standard way like do you do you put out six cards like had what how many cards do you put out also do you have like a special cloth that you put the cards on like what's your process oh, that's that's and a really I, good question and then I want to know what your sassy cards are oh yeah that's a really good question so um yes yeah, so I do I meditate before I do it um mm-hmm. not any specific meditation just um just being alone for a bit and kind of feeling when it's time Mm-hmm. And then I do a different spread depending on what I ask. Um, like uh, for sometimes I just do a daily one card pull or sometimes what I'll do is if I'll do a daily one card pull, I feel drawn to maybe like pull out two more cards just to get a better picture of what's going on. Um, also, I like using tarot for two different options. So you can mm-hmm. do like if you have two options ahead of you, you can um you can uh like make rows for each option or choice that you're you know going to that you're you have in front of you um one thing like I, oh, like what, what does that mean like do you ask yourself a question or um or is there like a sort of thought in your mind like what what are the options yeah so sorry so like say you have two choices to choose from you know like maybe it's two job offers or maybe it's like two things you can do that day. So I will first ask, I'll just put out the intention there that I'm comparing two choices Mm -hmm. and then I'll designate one row for one choice and another row for the other. And I might draw like three cards for each row to symbolize each choice. And, um, that kind of helps me figure out, it helps me compare the choices even more. Mm -hmm. Um, because sometimes the cards won't give you like oh, choose this one over this one. Sometimes they do, but sometimes they'll be like, you know, both choices might end up pretty good, but one might give you something the other won't, um, that kind of thing. But 
I'd also recommend not asking yes or no questions though. I know a lot of people want to do that, but yeah. So it has to be like an open-ended kind of question. Yeah. Like how to approach something, or you can say, what kind of result would I get from doing X, Y, Z, or, um, you know, what will this scenario look like? But I, yeah, I wouldn't recommend doing yes or no questions. Um, Mm -hmm. Just because there's so much more to the answer than yes or no, usually. And sometimes if you ask a yes or no question, you might not get a yes or no answer. You might get something beyond that. So, so, okay. So going back to the two options and then you have the two rows, like one row for each option that you're trying to figure out what kind of cards are you looking to see or hope? I I mean, I guess you can't hope for anything. You just have to the cards will, will tell you, will inform you. So like, but, but what, what are you looking for to inform you? Like what, what's a sassy card basically like something that would tell you, okay, red flag. No. Mm, Well, three of swords, definitely. Um, that one would be like a red flag to me. Mm -hmm. It's funny because the tower could be a red flag, Mm -hmm. but the tower can also be kind of good because the tower kind of means like a major shakeup kind of like, you know, uh, like your life could be all like there's something unforeseen that's going to shake up everything. And, and that could be, you know, any, but three of swords is definitely like, eh. (laughs) anytime I get that. Or like Um, the death, the death one is supposed to be a good thing. Yeah. Death is definitely a good, I wouldn't, I don't want to say good or bad, but it's definitely like, that's a very much a transformation card. Um, and also another one that people don't, that gets a bad rep is the hanged man card. Mm. But to me, the hanged man, most of the time for me specifically depends who I'm reading for is usually like getting a new perspective. It's not necessarily like you're, some people see it as like, you're stuck. You're like, you know, you're hanging upside down. But to me, it's like, either you need to get a new perspective or a new perspective is coming. Um, So uh, just something to think about. Um, So yeah. And, and also like there are, there are other cards like that. Like when people see the lovers, they always assume love. But to me, when I see the lovers card, I always immediate, well, it depends who I'm reading for, but most of the time I see the lovers. And to me, that means options like you have a couple options whether it is about love or career or money or whatever it's usually like you have a couple options in front of you and you have to pick one (laughs) that's usually Uh, what that means to me (laughs) in an ideal world what would you see that would tell you okay this is the road to go you were you were talking about um you were talking about Mm -hmm. hot cards, like, uh, like the three of swords that, that, that's sort of like a red flag, but what, what are sort of like the cards that you'd want to see? Oh yeah. Good question. Um, lots of cards. So some of the pentacles cards, especially if the question is about money, you know, always like your king of pentacles, that's always a fun one to get. Um, also even things like six of wands, that's kind of like the victory card. Oh, um, I would say magician is a good card. Well, the magician is a good or a bad card. Cause the magician really is like, if you will it, it's going to happen. Like you just need to, like, you can make anything happen. That's what I think of with the magician card. 
Um, the Empress card, um, the High Priestess, and then the obvious yes question. If you do ask a yes or no question, I'm not saying doing do it, but if you do and you get the Sun, that's like a emphatic yes. <laughs> oh wow, the Sun card, yeah. If you get the Sun card, that's I don't know why I didn't say that one first, but um, maybe because I feel like all the cards are so nuanced that except the Sun, you know, like there's no nuance with the Sun card. That one's like you know, complete happiness. Yes. Good. <laughs> okay. Um, so, okay. So I want, so there are so many questions that I have to ask you. Um, first is you just got married. Congratulations. Thank you. The most amazing thing was that when I met you, um, like a year and a half ago, like a long before, like it was right. Like maybe the week before everything shut down. Um, and I'll talk about that in a minute. Um, that's something else, but like, uh, you were already engaged and you were saying that your wedding was going to be like sometime in the future. I remember you told me a date. I don't, I don't remember exactly. Um, but it was like, it, it wasn't happening that summer, basically. Like it, like you had already known that it was going to happen, um, down the road. Uh, was that, did that have, um, something to do with tarot, with the universe, with, uh, like, was there something sort of magical in, in that you picked way for, far down, uh, in the calendar to, to get married? Um, because basically like we, the world shut down, we went into a pandemic, uh, people were not really allowed to have big events. Um, even though some, some people did in some countries and States and whatever, uh, but for whatever reason, uh, when you had your wedding, finally, it was when it was, um, it was okay to, to congregate again. So like, how, how, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So I did say summer 2021 was when my wedding was going to be before the pandemic. And a, I just kind of had a good feeling about that. Cause, um, there were some things that Sam and I wanted to do. My husband and I yeah. wanted to do before getting married and then be a big thing. You know, a lot of people say don't get married on Mercury retrograde, but actually I would say don't get married when Venus is in retrograde. So Ooh. just make sure things like that, you know, are in check. So I actually don't think getting married when Mercury's in retrograde is that bad. Um, the only thing that might happen is some, you know, like if you're traveling, there might be some hiccups and like the food order might be a little different, but yeah, definitely don't get married when Venus is in retrograde. So when, FYI. so when, when's that coming up? Actually, I think I wanted to look that up right now because I was like, oh, I should memorize when that is. Um, it's actually coming up. <laughs> so, uh, let me, I have it up right here. So oh, in December. Yes. Yep. December Ooh, to January. Time. Yeah. So, you know, depending on what your rising sign is and such that might uh, determine how you're affected, but you know, Venus is the planet of love. So that's the main reason why I think, you know, avoid getting married when Venus is in retrograde. So. Even though that's like a love time. Yeah. Just because it's, it, it's when it's retrograde, it, it appears like it's going backwards. It's obviously not really going backwards because planets don't do that. But um, yeah, kind of like how when Mercury's in retrograde, it's not our communication isn't moving forward. It's the same thing. Like love isn't moving forward or progressing. So yeah. Oh, wow. It, that 
That's wild. Yeah, it's going to be uh, between uh, December 19th and January 29th, uh, 29th, 2022. Yeah, and I'm no, I'm, like I said, I'm not an astrology expert yet. I'm studying up on it a lot because I find it fascinating. But yeah. from what I've read, it's been like, it's more like, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just like your relationships, you become more um, observant in, in internal and and meditating on the relationships you have in your life, even if it's not just love, it could be like the friendships in your life or yeah. um, your coworkers, that kind of thing. It's a time to really reflect on all those relationships instead of moving forward with relationships. Oh, wow. So it's like you're, you're dwelling, you're, you're dwelling on the relationships that you have. Mm-hmm. Right, right which is perfect for Christmas time. <laughs> yeah. When you see a lot of people and then you get to, you know, unless, you know, if you're being, you know, depending on what your comfort level is right now, but then you see all these people and you really learn like, okay, who do I really want in my life and how do I want them in my life and X, Y, Z. Right. Yeah. This is okay. This is great that we're talking about this because, um, you know, before we go into the, before we go into your book, Manifest It Bitch, which is a lot of fun. Uh, it's, it's very engaging. Um, I love the, the, um, the cover art. It's, it feels very much like, and, and this is like, um, the best compliment. It, it feels almost like a, like an email from a friend. Like it feels very personal. It, it feels, um, and, and very engaging. Uh, so before we talk about the steps, um, into like manifesting things into your life, you know, some more context. So we were talking about Venus and retrograde right now, we're talking after the last Mercury and retrograde of 2021, uh, and, you know, we've now entered into something called retro shade zone. I've been listening to a lot of, uh, ghost of a podcast. It's uh-huh. one of my favorite podcast. Um, and so, so yeah, so it's the retro shade zone, uh, with Pluto being the ruling planet. And, uh, so this is like a lot of like woo woo stuff happening right now. Um, but the point is, is that, um, this time can lead into a lot of like obsessive cyclical thinking. Um, it can be a hard time to listen and, and maybe as this connects to your book, you know, maybe even like listen to the universe, um, which is a major aspect of your book because, you know, manifesting is about listening to the universe. Mm -hmm. So, um, and this brings me to step one of your book, um, which is just ask the universe. Uh, so, you know, you, you mentioned you're from, um, Elba, Minnesota. It's a small town, 152 people, more cows there than, than, uh, people. Um, you left, you went to Santa Barbara for school. Then you went to, um, American film Institute. You produced, um, uh, like, a, an award-winning thesis called satisfaction guaranteed. Is that available anywhere? Yes, actually we, um, just got distribution. Oh, that's great. Um, yeah, which was really cool. Let me see. Uh, yeah, so we just got um, distribution with Dust, um, and they have like um, they have a bunch of films on there that you're able to 
see it's really cool one second let me see mm-hmm. oh yeah so it's um that like where you can find the information where you can watch it on twitter they're at watch alter a-l-t-e-r and then also watch dust d-u-s-t on twitter and those are the same usernames for instagram as well mm-hmm. and they have links to the website um and then you can watch satisfaction guaranteed um, on alter, alter or dust, <laughs> but cool. that actually just happened. So, um, yeah, so very exciting that people can watch it online. That's super cool. Yeah. It's about a lonely fifties housewife who undertakes radical atomic surgery to win back her husband's wandering eyes and becomes the perfect wife in the process, which is pretty hilarious. Yeah, it's a dark, it's a dark horror comedy. So it's, uh, it's fun, but there are there's horror. So (laughs) yeah, yeah. I mean, atomic surgery. What is that? Uh, She replaces her arm with this robotic device that does housework. Nice. I need that. Yeah. (laughs) So but the but yeah, yeah, it's a it's a and it's set in the 50s. So it's got a lot of like um, all the costumes and production design um, are all catered to that era. And yeah, I'm imagining Rosie from the Jetsons and how she can like stretch her arms out. So like she could give like her husband a hand job while like dusting. (laughs) Yeah. She's the perfect wife. Yeah. That's the vibe. So yes, yes. Definitely darker than the Jetsons, but yes. Okay. So was that a universe telling you this story? Like how, how did you ask the universe in like, we we talked about how you got to California. That was basically like something, even me, I feel like I asked the universe like a long time ago. Um, you know, I'm 12 years old. I'm watching Quentin Tarantino and, um, Martin Scorsese. And I'm like, I want to be a director. Uh, I'd always wanted to move to California. And then I meet my husband eventually, um, you know, at the time, just a guy in a bar and he's from LA. And so it was just like, oh, okay. Like it all sort of like made sense to, to be together. Cause this is what I wanted. And I, you know, now I'm living in LA. So like, um, like for you, like this, this movie in particular, um, and, and not just this movie, but just like in your projects in general, um, there is a sort of voice. Like I, I know for me, like I, I get a hint of an idea and I just start writing stuff. So like how, how, how does that, how does the universe play into your writing? Yeah. So, um, it's very much like, well, a, and I should mention, so, um, I worked on this, someone actually came to me with this idea and then we helped kind of mold it even more, Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, someone, so some Ken Morris, who's really awesome. Mm-hmm. I think he goes by Kenneth Morris, you know, on his Ooh. credits, <laughs> he is fabulous, very talented. He's also a writer and producer. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, um, approached with the idea and immediately I just knew like, wow, this is, this is what I want to work on. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think you your intuition tells you like when you know you just know with everything. Yeah. Um because yeah, it's just like uh also and then it, it, uh, I was going to mention later on but Oprah um 
she, you know, she says it's like your, your voice. It's, it's a, it starts with like a whisper, you know, that, that, you know, something, something is whispering to you an idea. And then um, the whispers get so loud that it becomes almost like a, like an actual voice. And, and then it, and, and then like building blocks, it, it builds. And if you don't answer that voice, then it just, you know, topples. So it's, it's kind of like when I get an idea, if I don't see it through, if I don't just write it out, if I don't do it, um, it, the, the idea eventually will leave me. So like, um, is that, is that also how you approach writing? Like, do you, um, do you take a break? Do you write every day? Uh, when, when the universe tells you an idea, do you, um, just store it in your mind for a while? Like what, what's your writing process? Yeah, I'll write it on my notes if it first comes to me, because I know I won't remember it if I, if I, don't write it down in my um, iPhone notes app. And then I take a lot of walks. I feel like walks are like the most important thing ever. And I feel like everyone said, everyone says that, but it's so true. Like you have to walk, you can't just write it out. And even sometimes when you're stuck, you just have to like, again, just take a walk. Um, I promise that it helps. (laughs) Yeah, it does. It does. I really do uh, love, I, I, especially like first thing in the morning, I didn't do that today, but yeah, I, um, I'm really trying to get 10,000 steps a day and part of, you know, having to, you know, party, uh, part of getting to that, to that goal is like, you have, you just have to get out of the house. You have to go, um, just walk around, um, do at least like a mile in the morning. And that that's for me, that's like the best way, but that by like, before the end of the day, I have 10,000. Um, so it was really funny how we met. Uh, do you remember how we met? Through Facebook, right? Yeah, through Facebook. But through Happier in Hollywood, no? Yes. So yeah, I first learned about you on the Happier in Hollywood sound um, podcast. I was going to say soundtrack, but (laughs) podcast. Um, So yeah, we uh, you were you were working with um, the uh, the show. They're showrunners, but then they also host this um, weekly podcast called Happier in Hollywood, and I messaged you because I had just moved to LA and I, I asked if we could meet. And then it was like maybe a week or two before we were supposed to meet at the Grove that I coincidentally sat next to you at. Oh yeah. The writer was, was that the writer's guild? Yeah. 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 (laughs) It was a script notes event, um, with, uh, Sam Esmail, um, from, uh, from Mr. Yeah, that was really great. Mr. Robot. Uh, so yeah, it was, you know, John August hosting and, uh, we were seated together because we have a mutual friend named Ronnie Chavira, who's been on the podcast before, um, you, you knew each other from like USC or something like yeah, that. Yeah. We did a USC program together. Yeah. Yeah. She's amazing. I love, I love Ronnie. So, uh, so yeah, so we're all, I'm like, Oh, I'm, I'm supposed to meet you at the Grove. so like that that was our that was our first meeting um what was also hilarious is I don't know if you remember at the at the event there were you know during the Q&A time there was that woman who was like yo can y'all read my script I don't know if you remember that I I do it's funny because I feel like that happens at every 
one of those events. Someone asks that. <laughs> I never, fail. yeah, I'd never seen that before, but yeah, it was like a really long introduction. She was talking about like moving here from Spain and, you know, her journey and, and, uh, you know, yada, yada, yada. And then it was like, yo, can you read my script? Can you guys read my script? And then, uh, yeah, it was just, uh, it it was so bad that, um, like a week or so later, I, I I heard someone on another podcast, um, screenwriters rant room talking about it. Like, oh my God, there was this woman that was like, it was so tacky. You know, she was asking if they could read her script. So it's like, it's a major faux pas, but, but, but she was putting herself out there. And just like you said, a lot of people do it. Um, because like, and I don't think, yeah, those, the podcast people remembered it, but I yeah. doubt Sam Esmeal is going to remember it. Like Sam Esmeal is not going to like, remember that woman's name and remember, oh, she's the one who interrupted the event. Cause he does so many Q and A's. I feel like, yeah. I mean, yeah, he's, and maybe once in a while someone says yes. So I don't know. I like, yeah, don't make, you know, it's probably not the best way to go about it, but like at the end of the day, I'd we remember it, but yeah. Sam Esmeal does not. <laughs> and maybe, and maybe we also remember it because like, you know, we secretly all want them. Yes. We want them to read of our course. shit. Yeah, of course. That is exactly why. Cause, cause you wonder, you're like, well, wow. What if he did say yes? You know? So. Yeah. And, and, and a part of us, like what she did was, was really ballsy um, but yeah, again, she put herself out there. Um, is that is that part of asking the universe? Honestly, I could see a world where it is because, you know, the only reason that I hesitate with it is because the problem is the desperation in it because yeah. you're not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't mean like that in a bad way, but like when you want anything or when you're manifesting, a big part of it is not being desperate for it yeah. or not like obsessing about it like you really have to just already expect it's gonna happen and then also just kind of um honestly it's best to put it out there do your steps and then essentially kind of forget about it you know it's really good to plant the seeds and then forget about it and just do your work um that's kind of the best way to do things to manifest things right Yeah, because uh, so this leads me to um, we're going to be jumping around a little bit, but this leads me to step two and step three of your book. So step two is fake it till you make it. And then step three is release it like you just don't care. So like um, so you were you were alluding to that. Be chill, like put ask the universe. Um, You have to. Uh, do the work like if you want to be a screenwriter or like a cannabis farmer or or just like a like a tarot card reader or astrologer like you have to you have to start doing it and start learning mm-hmm. and making mistakes and um, start growing from it and just doing it is actually aligning yourself with it like mm-hmm. if you if you live like you already are those things then you are like if you if you live if you do want to be a professional tarot card reader, if you just do readings for other people, you know, regularly, you're, I mean, you can just do it. Same with like, if you're a writer, if you just write, like you're aligning yourself with that goal. If you just do it, just act like you're a professional at the same time. And then, (laughs) you know, and then, then it all just falls into place. Mm -hmm. Um, So like, how are, how are other ways that people can fake it till they make it? 
Yeah. So yeah, the big one is, like I said, is just doing it, like acting like you already are, you know, mm-hmm. um, and also just kind of thinking about, you can do other things like journaling. Journaling's a big one. Like jur- you can do journal prompts, like, um, you know, in the morning, write about like your ideal life. Like it's already happening. Like, you know, today I woke up and made you know, something like that. And then feel like that's happened instead of just, you know, thinking, oh, wow, this is unbelievable. Um, and you know, a good, actually a big thing about money is the more you try to manifest more money, Mm -hmm. which I've been learning a lot is like the more you up that goal amount, it's crazy. Cause then you'll start to get the old goals. Do you know what I'm saying? Like if you're starting to be like, I want to manifest a million dollars, then that like 200,000, that seemed like a big deal a year ago starts to, you know, starts to come. And then you're like, okay, then you can feel, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So this, this book is, has been much maligned like over the years, but uh, I really loved it too. Um, Your, your book is different in a lot of ways, but in, in some ways I find, I find that there's a connection, but I love it. Girl boss. Oh, girl. boss. (laughs) Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Now we're, we're, yes, yes. I've, I know that book. So I, I, I loved girl boss. Um, I read girl boss, like my, um, I, I, it was at a really like low time. My parents were both like really sick. Um, I was trying to, um, also to jump around. I'm, I've been watching the show made. I don't know if you Oh, on Netflix, right? on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if you checked it out, but like she basically had to like pull herself up from her bootstraps and, uh, find a, seek a better life for herself. And so basically I was at a really low point, sick parents, um, just not moving forward. And I read girl boss and I was like, okay, yeah, I could do this. Um, one of the things that she, she says, um, is to like, uh, as part of like willing things into existence is like changing your, your password. Like, like, like if you, if you change your password to the, to the thing that you want, you know, like it, like, um, say, say like, um, you know, Oscar, like I want an Oscar, like that could be your password or something, you know, I, I don't know any, anything like just make sure you add numbers and symbols, but yeah, <laughs> numbers and symbols, but, but yeah, yeah. just, uh, it, 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 that's just like one, that was like one tip in like the fake it till you make I love it. That. Yeah. Um, you could also make your, I did, I have this now, but also put your vision board on your phone background. Cause you look at your phone so much. You oh, know? wow. Yeah. So you could do a little vision board on your phone. It's different. I mean, it's different than the one I have in my bedroom, but it's a version of it, uh, you know, so something to think about. So, um, Amy Aniobi, uh, she was one of my guests, uh, uh, recently, like back in the summer and, uh, and Issa Rae in particular, their show's coming out soon. I'm, I'm super excited for their last season of Insecure, but anyway, uh, they vision board. 
how do you vision board in a day and age where like there are no real magazines like out there? Like I I, I, asked, I had to ask my neighbor for magazines to make a vision board and she just had like a bunch of like people magazines. I mean, I just had to like work with what I had because I, I wasn't going to like go out and buy magazines. So like, how do you how do you make a vision board now in 2021 when, you know, we don't really mm-hmm. buy magazines and, and to like rip out pictures that like fit within our, our vision? Like, how do you how do we make a vision board in this day and age or how do you make it i do have a printer <laughs> okay <laughs> mine's black and white though oh I don't know if that yeah matters. i yeah i you know what honestly if it it doesn't matter as long as you know the intention is there but i have uh i, I do have a color printer and i do print out the images just so i make sure i'm not just like you know buying um a bunch of magazines that I'm not going to read fully, you know, I mean, I do read magazines, but you know, like everything's online, like all the articles, all the articles I want to read, I'll find out, you know, I can read them online. So yeah, yeah, I print them out. um, And sometimes I write out words for sure. I also use some runes, you know, like some Celtic runes. Oh, my cousin, um, Stanley was talking about runes. So what are runes? Yeah. So they're just, they're symbols that I use. Um, I am, I should not, I should preface by saying I'm not like an official practitioner of like Celtic paganism. So I'm no expert, but I do like to use like certain ones, like especially Uh the rune for like money and abundance, um, and happiness. Um, Mm -hmm. they're just, they're just, uh, symbols that um, you can find them online too. And again, it goes down to like the intention that you put behind them. So, um, you know, but yes, I want to preface, I am no expert in runes, but I do like to um, use them on my vision boards and I use, sometimes use them on my um, candles, magic candles. So, yeah. Oh, wow. Wait. So do you put them on the candle? Do you put them next to it? Like, yeah, because uh, they look like dominoes, right? Like what are yeah, they? Or yeah, yeah, they, they, that's a good phrase to put it. If um, I had a little drawing, I would draw them to you, but um mm-hmm. I use the one for abundance a lot. So um, I actually use this like, uh, whatchamacallit, little quail feather thing stick that I um, got at the Green Man store, which I really like the Green Man store. Um, I don't know that store. It's in North Hollywood um, and they have a lot of fun stuff. So if you're into like all that, definitely visit. Green, um, green, like the color green mm-hmm. man, man store store. It's mm-hmm. one word, uh, two words, I think. And then oh. I also like, I like the crooked path too, which I think is also in, I don't, you know, it's funny. I don't live in the Valley, but I feel like I go there just for the green man store and the crooked path. <laughs> um, and then I use that to, um, carve into the candle oh, in, wow. uh, in the wax. Yes. Yeah. Wow. So, so, um, how do you, what do you carve into? So, so is your, okay. So I'm imagining like a house of intuition, like candle that's mm-hmm. in, in a glass jar. That's exactly. Yeah. What it's like. Well, Oh, Oh, they, okay. That's another good question. So they actually will give you the jar separately if you ask for it. So the candle's not in a jar. So you have, you can take, so the candle is, um, not in a jar when you buy it. You just, the bar, the jar is separate, if that makes sense. So 
so you, you just have the wax candle and the jar is separate. You put it in the jar yourself. Okay. So are you, you're carving, you're carving. <laughs> <laughs> I want to, I want to get this like, so you're, you're carving with your quail pen. Yes. Yeah. Into the candle to in, make the shapes into the candle on the side or like yeah, on just top it on the side of the candle. Yeah. I also do sometimes carve things at the top and then, um, and then I will use, they have pre-made oils for certain things that uh-huh. I use sometimes. And then they also have herbs. And what's great about most of the, like the crooked, both the crooked path and green man stores, they will recommend herbs for you to use too, which is nice. Like you're saying, Oh, I'm doing like, I want to do a, um, spell for, I don't know, uh, to bless my home or something. And they will suggest, you know, oils and herbs that you can put on the candle after, you know, you carve and such. Oh, wow. Okay. So, um, Okay, this is amazing. <laughs> has has it worked? Oh yeah, I definitely so um uh without like going too much into the weeds yeah. of it because I think people like can learn what works for them. So um much like the house of intuition too, which I also like that store a lot too. That's um great. you uh let the candle burn fully and certain things will tell you if it worked or not. Mm-hmm. Um like, uh, if all the wax burns, that's a good sign. Oh yeah. Like, so it, I mean, ideal sign, there would be like nothing left in the jar. That's like an ideal sign. Same with like, if there, if there's ashiness in it, that can be a sign that it didn't work or you need to redo it, or there might be some troubles, um, or like res certain types of residue mm-hmm. can indicate, but also like timing wise, I would say depends on you and such, but I like to give it until like six months afterwards before I redo it. So yeah, if I need, if I want to redo it. I have, I have, um, lit intention candles, um, not car. I didn't know to carve into it. Um, I, I, I did see like a little, little remnants of candle at the bottom. I mean, that can, that doesn't mean it won't happen that I just think that when you, when it's completely clear, that's like, uh, like emphatic, like, yeah, it worked, you know? Wow. Okay. No residue on it, you know, like, you know, perfect looking jar. (laughs) Okay. This is, okay. This is great. I'm going to, I'm going to, um, check out the crooked path. I'm going to check out green man store. Yes. Yeah. Um, crooked path is in Burbank and then green man store is in, in North Hollywood. Like you were saying, that's awesome. So these are, um, is that, is that, that that's all sort of like, they're all sort of blend in together the steps so far. So like you're asking the universe, you're faking it till you make it and then releasing it is, is almost like, um, so like your book, for instance, like your book is essentially something that you, you ask the universe for, and then you put it out there. Like you, you mm-hmm. were, you were listening to a voice inside of you. You wrote this book, you put it out there. Um, what was the process like in bringing it into reality, this book? Yeah. So I already had a, where, you know, when I was talking about like, when you work on something, like if you want to do something, just do it as a way to align yourself with that goal. Mm -hmm. I like, I wrote a book proposal. Like I didn't um, write the book before I worked with the publisher. So I just 
had, um, a, but I had a book proposal ready because yeah. I knew it was something I wanted to work on. And then honestly, the opportunity came through, um, a spiritual, um, coach that I like a lot, George Lisos. Mm-hmm. And, um, and he, and that came through that where he was like, Oh, do you have a book proposal? And I was like, yeah. And then, and then I pitched it and, um, worked with that guy's house and, uh, yeah, I mean, things really did just align for that. Um, and it was cool because, uh, I, you know, that was kind of like my first experience, you know, I'd always wrote like TV and essays. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm not really books. Uh, so yeah, it was a lot of, um, it was a lot of fun. And I felt like every day it's funny. Cause you were talking about like when you get ideas and stuff, Yeah, like I would just be walking around and like, Oh, I should add that to the book. I should add that to the book, you know? Um, so how long did the process take you? It was about a year I'd say, which, you know, um, you kind of, but I felt like that was the perfect amount of time. Um, so from, from pitching it to writing the, for, so from writing the, the proposal to pitching it to, to, uh, to the finished project, to the finished product. Yeah. Right. Um, that was all one year. Yeah. It was all incredible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it was, um, yeah. And I definitely, um, you know, it's funny because I, you said you like the book cover. I actually came up with kind of like a mock design to show the designers and it looks pretty similar. It's just, obviously theirs is much more professional than my little Canva version of it. Um, (laughs) I love love Canva, Canva, like for resumes and, Mm -hmm. and stuff. Yeah. It's great. So, yeah, I mean, everything kind of just came together. So would you say that um, making it, I mean, obviously you had to sit and write it and you had to to think about it, but was it also just putting it out there and talking to people and, and saying like, this is something that I want to do? Like, do you think yeah. that that was, that was uh, like, uh, like what was the sort of like, if you like broke it up into like percentages, what, what do you say like really helped um, bring it into reality. You know, I think the biggest thing is paying attention to things. Um, because George Liso said spiritual coach that I work with sometimes and that I like a lot. I, he was the one like list. I honestly, sometimes depending on the person don't Mm -hmm. always recommend telling people what you want. Um, uh, depending on you as a person, me personally, I don't like to tell people about like what I'm trying to manifest because for me, that kind of always trips me up. And then I also get paranoid about like people, um, who don't want that to happen for you. Cause you don't know how many people like don't want things to happen for you. So I try to like keep some of my manifestations to myself, but a lot of it for me is work just working on it. Um, and paying attention to things because there are so many opportunities around you that you're not even aware of. So if you don't pay attention, it's, it's gonna, I mean, not that it's gone forever. Like opportunities are always going to present themselves because that's the way the universe works. So I would just say, um, but yeah, for me personally, I don't like to tell people (laughs) I prefer to look for the opportunities everywhere. So I love, 
I love in your book, you're talking about the universe as, as being energy, which is something like that's in the secret or in um, the, like Eckhart Tolle talks a lot about that. And uh, energy is like, um, and you give the, the example of like rubbing your hands together really fast and then uh, slightly separating them. And like that heat that you feel um, that's energy. So like, uh, like, is that, is that the universe or like, do you um, like, can you, can you describe like what the universe is? <laughs> oh, wow. What a big question. Um, <laughs> no. Yeah. I think honestly, um, so that's a really big question, but yeah, <laughs> two seconds. If you really want to get, if you really want to get woo woo wee, I think like, yeah, we are all the universe, all of us and the universe is all of us. We Ooh. are the universe and the universe <laughs> is all of us. There you go. Uh, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's like in the secret, um, how we're all frequencies. It's, it's the, it's the matrix. Like we're, we're all like, um, I don't know, you know, what also, uh, crazy enough reminds me of is uh, we were watching the daily show from yesterday and there were uh, Jordan Klepper was at a Trump rally in Iowa. And there was this man who was um, obviously like QAnon and older gentleman. I uh, should, I use that lightly gentlemen, but like um, older, older, older person. And the, um, Jordan Klepper was like, you know, who's president to you? And he was, oh, Trump's president. And then he was, uh, uh, Jordan Klepper was like, well, okay, so he's president. So, so it's his fault that, you know, the, of the, like the debacle in Afghanistan, for instance, and he's like, oh no, no I, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say that, you know? And then uh, it just, it just like, just more delusions, just like delusion on top of delusion, on top of delusion, but, and I was just like, oh my God, it's just like, he's, he's living in like a, another dimension. So like, I don't, I don't know where I'm going with this, but like, um, yeah, we are, we are kind of, we're not living in a simulation, like we're living, but, but, but it's like, when you hear people like that, or like, you know, anti-vaxxers or like, um, or, or just people, um, who deny, I don't know, climate change, just like, it's like, what world are you living in? But it's like, we're all living in the same world. Yeah. But we all look at it differently. Yeah. And I, yeah, I was going to say to that, like, it's hard because, uh, you, it's funny. Cause when I see someone that I totally disagree with like that or mm -hmm. something, I just have to like, remind myself, like, you know, we're still like, humans and we're still like and I know it's so tragic that it's like that but I, it's so hard um yes yeah, so I just try to as much as possible like put myself in their shoes as hard as it is yeah just to be like okay this is someone who has felt fear or hurt like I have in some way mm -hmm. and their response has been this obsession that some system, you know, is out to get them kind of situation. And you just have to understand that, that, you know, when, you know, when they say like, we're all in fear or something, you know, and they call us sheep in fear and all that stuff. So, I'm, yeah, I'm category saying us as in you and me as people who right. I assume you're vaccinated, right? Yeah. So, yes. Yes. <laughs> and they call us sheep and stuff. I just go, 
No. When they're saying that, that they're actually, that is their fear. Like sure. They think we're in fear, but they also are living in fear. Like we've all had fear and trauma. And so like, this is our response, you know, I mean, like that's their response is to call us like, you know, saying that we're, you know, we're sheep or that other people are controlling them. That is their response to fear. So I just have to remind myself that. And, and, um, you know, I have, I'm obviously not an expert on how to talk to conspiracy theorists, so I'm not going to like pretend that I am, but the best way I think to go about it is trying to put yourself in their shoes as much as possible. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's, there, there's nothing that we can do and, and which is, kind of the universe in a way, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's, uh, you know, we, we can't, we can't control the universe. The universe is, is going to universe. It's going to do its thing. And, and we are just, um, here for the ride, but then we're also on the ride with yeah, you can negative take the frequency. Rain. Yeah. You, you, you kind of have to take the reins. It's, it's funny. Cause in tarot, there is the chariot card, mm-hmm. which people, the chariot usually means like fast action. And a lot of people see that as a positive card. But to me, that card is also about like taking the reins of your situation. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you just have to like take the reins of your own situation and, um, before it takes the reins of you. Um, so yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay. Um, all right. So going back to the steps, Ask, ask the universe, fake it till you make it, release it like you just don't care, which, which basically means that like you've asked the universe, you've put in the work, you, you're, you've, uh, you're writing about it, you're, you're um, thinking about it, but then you're not taking it too seriously, like right. you're not obsessed over it, which is what's happening right now um, in the, like the, we we're talking about the retro shade, um, you know, Pluto, Scorpio season. Um, you yeah, know, there, you're thinking be, a lot. You're thinking a lot. There could be a lot of like cyclical thinking. So it's like you you want to you don't like like you know we're screenwriters. So but we can't ex- obsess over being screenwriters. We just have to write. We just have to right. let it go and just just write. You have to live not, like you're that already. You have to live like you're that already. And then you you can't obsess over like you know staffing season. Will I get a job? And oh my mm-hmm. god, I need a job. Or um, you know, will this producer like me? Oh my god, this producer this producer doesn't like me. Like you you can't think about that. You just have to like release it, just let it go. You've put it out there into the universe that this is what you want to do, and you just pursue it, and it can fall into place if the universe allows. I right. Guess. So that brings us to inspired action. Yes. So that kind of, like you said, they all kind of work together. I know I put them as steps, but they, they all kind of happen together. And that's the, that's the, what I was talking about, the looking for the opportunities around you. Um, That's an email that you were sent. That's sometimes maybe that is you making randomly making a connection with someone and, you know, taking that next step, that's you continuing to write if that's what you're manifesting that, you know, it's, uh, it's, and also, also not putting the energy of like, oh, this is work into it. You know, you don't want to be a drag about those, um, actions you take. Um, even like, uh, you, you mentioned like, um, uh, 
on the computer, if you are like, oh shit, this computer sucks. This is the worst computer. Um, that can kind of open up negative, like it may be a yeah. negative outcome, for instance. Yes. Yeah, definitely. It's very, yeah. The, the more you go, like, I mean, this is, I feel like this is talked a lot about, but like, it is true. Like if you're like, oh, I can't afford that, you know, or, oh, I suck at, um, this game or whatever it's that's then, then that's, what's going to happen, you know? Right. Um, this also connects to the idea of ego. Cause you, you also mentioned that too, like, listen to your, listen to the universe. Um, just, just go for it. Trust that the universe will, will be there to support you, which can be, uh, very scary, mm. um, but we, you know, you have to trust in the universe. Um, but, the sort of like, and then it also goes back to Oprah too, talking about the whispers, listen to the whispers. Um, the part of us that tells us that's not a good idea, or that seems hard, or I can't afford it. That is, you were saying in your book, that's like the ego talking. And in my therapist, like she would say, that's like your protect, like you going into protection mode. Like you're, you're trying to protect yourself from something. Um, how do you, how do you balance your ego, you know, protective mode with yeah. like listening to that gut feeling? Yeah, it is. I mean, obviously your ego's there for a reason. Like it's not like you want to get, cause your ego is, is responsible for your survival. Like, um, and so you don't want to just be like, oh, I can't have any ego at all. Like, you know, your ego is the reason you are driven to like, you know, survive. So, right. um, so I think the gut instinct is more about not, not taking in outward factors, you know, like will those people approve or, or will, will people find me successful if I do X, Y, Z or, um, yeah, I think it's more about just not letting outward factors influence your decisions. That right. is how, because obviously when you need to do that, that's more about just survival. Like if you care, if you, um, like an outward factor of like, uh, I don't know, like what's a good example. Like if you're driving, of course you want to pay attention to what other people are doing because you you have to be a defensive driver to be a, a safe driver, you know. Yeah. So that's a little different. So, um, but when you're making a decision or trying to um, progress in some way, you have to just listen to yourself instead. Right. So you were stand up. You you've you've done stand up comedy before, which is really hard, really nerve wracking, really scary. So I'm, I'm imagining that the universe played a role in this. How did the universe talk to you about doing stand-up comedy? And then also like, you know, the, the kind of like protective mode, because like for me, I, to stand up in front of people, my protective mode, my, my ego is going to be like on firing on all cylinders and telling me like, get the fuck off the stage. So like, how, how did you, how did you do it? Mm -hmm. I think, well, stand, I think stand-up is just about being, like, honest. Yeah. So that's why I like it so much. Um, and then also it's funny because you're talking about survival. The main reason people are afraid to, like, do things on stage or, like, afraid of public speaking even. Yeah. 
is because of that survival thing, actually, because um, like your instincts are telling you when you're on stage and you're vulnerable, like you'll literally die. So that's why people are afraid of. So if I think about that, if I remind myself like biologically, my body is telling me it like if I'm scared my body it's because my body is like oh you're gonna die doing this and I tell myself oh, that's not gonna happen I'm just you know I'm just on stage anyways that's right. kind of how it helps <laughs> if I think about it that way that helps a lot and then I'm not afraid to do like public speaking or any of that because I just remind myself that those instincts kicking in are kind of silly but so uh, Malika described being on stage as not being on stage, but beforehand, uh, like when you're when you arrive at the comedy club, like flappers or something, let's say, what's it like before you get up on stage? Yeah, so I have to meditate. A eh? That's like a big thing. It's like um, breathing exercises, meditating, and then also manifesting that I'm going to have like a good experience on stage. Like that's going to be, it's going to go well. It's going to go smooth. People are going to laugh. It's going to be a great time. That helps a lot. Are you doing this in your car or are you doing this in the club? Doing it in the club. Like, like I always recommend getting there super early. Um, that's like the best thing you can do is get there early. Mm -hmm. Um, because then you don't have to stress about anything. Like you found parking, you know the stage, you can envision yourself on that stage. Um, and I think that's true with anything. Like if you're doing a job interview, same thing, you want to get there early. And so you can t assess everything that's happening and envision yourself there. Mm -hmm. Is this the same for like a pitch meeting, say for like a TV yeah, show? Definitely. Um, and if they don't let you in the off, because sometimes that will happen, like they don't want you to be there super early. Um, that it depends on the person. If you're on a, you know, a studio lot, then walk around um, the studio lot before you go in the office that and take that walk that you need to do um, that kind of thing. Okay. So this leads us to the last step, receive it. Um, can you walk us through that? It's um, you're talking about recognizing it, allowing the universe to support you, um, showing gratitude for me, like allowing the universe to support me is like the hardest. Um, Cause like the negative thoughts, just like, um, you know, just again, like firing at all cylinders, just telling me like, get off the stage or like, you know, don't submit to this writing program. Like, I don't know. So like, how do you receive, how does, how should one receive um, what's coming to them. <laughs> yeah. So I think, um, getting in that mindset of like, you are grateful for it and, um, and also trying not to be afraid, like fear will like, likely want to come in also. Yeah. And that goes with imposter syndrome, which is just another, um, symptom of fear and, um, being grateful is like the biggest thing. And, um, and not going, oh, now I, you know, now I have to do this, you know, because this came or whatever. So, right. Yeah. Okay. So um, let's play a game. Do you want to play a okay. game? Sure. <laughs> game. Game.
an Adele quote or lyric, or is it a line from the movie Hocus Pocus? So we were kind of touching, we were kind of touching on like the witchiness. It is like, you know, witchy, like almost Scorpio season, Mm -hmm. Hollywood, um, Hollywood, Halloween season. Uh, And uh, you are, um, you, you mentioned in your book that you're a witch. I think that all women have a, a witchy quality to us. I think that we're all sort of witches in a way. Yeah. Um, what, like what, what is a witch to you? Like, what does that mean? That's such a good question. Um, honestly, it's anyone who works with the elements to like, it, uh, yeah, that's such a, you don't have to be religious. Like you can even be like an atheist, witch, in my opinion, um, it's really just working with the elements of earth for anything for like, for your, you know, daily prayer, your meditation or, um, you know, like a big thing, like I work with fire a lot or a lot of people work with water or different herbs, the earth, you know? So yeah, that's mm-hmm. my, that's my definition of it. <laughs> so, so fire, like lighting candles or like yes, literally yeah. like a bonfire? No, no. <laughs> no, no, no candles. Definitely just candles. Most okay. That's like my big thing that candles. And then I'll, I do a lot of, um, I, I do a lot of earth too, I guess when I find herbs or, or, um, purchase them too, sometimes. So like, I don't know, hanging eucalyptus in your shower or something. Exactly. That could even be witchcraft, honestly. And there's also a lot of witchcraft in, in different religions and they don't even acknowledge it. Like, um, I'd even say, you know, in Christianity, like communion is witchcraft when you like, you know, drink the blood and it's symbolic, the wine of the blood and, um, the little cracker thing, the body also like any form of candle thing is very much like witchcraft spells. So yeah. 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 No. Yeah. It's interesting. But like, if you said that to a Catholic, they'd be like, what the fuck? Like, no, no. that's definitely witchcraft. Yeah. And <laughs> sorry. Catholics. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Catholics. Um, okay. So let's play this game. Adele quarter lyric or a line from Hocus Pocus. You could do it. Yeah. I hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So first quote, Unfaithful lover, long since dead, die asleep in thy wormy bed. Hocus pocus. Yeah, that was one Fred uh, Sanderson. So yes, you <laughs> got a point. Um, okay, the next one. Don't under don't underestimate the things that I will do. Adele. Yes. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> Adele. It was uh, from the song "Rolling in the Deep." Okay, so two points already. Oh my goodness, you're, you're rocking this. Um, bubble, bubble. I'm in trouble. Hocus pocus. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm just listening for rhymes. To be honest, I'm like, if it's a rhyme, it's probably <laughs> hocus pocus. But it could be Adele. It could be, it could be it a could song be Adele. That's true. That's true. So yeah, it was the bus driver in uh in hocus pocus. <laughs> The next one is divorce, baby, divorce. Oh my God. Um, is that Adele? Yeah. Oh, okay. Did so she it, go through a divorce recently? Yeah. Oh, so okay. she divorced, she divorced the guy named Simon years ago, but um, she's gone through this, like this whole transformation. Wow. Like, I don't know how she manifested it, bitch. Like, did you, did she read manifest it? Yeah. Bitch? Did you send her a copy? Maybe, hopefully she's, and also she's very young. It's so crazy to me. Cause I think she is like, yeah. Anyways. Yeah. If- Exactly. Because like, like her upcoming album's called 30. So I, I imagine like she's about 30 now. 
Yeah. She's lived like three lives already. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so yeah, she said it during an Instagram live while she was talking about the song Easy On Me, her first single from her upcoming album 30, uh, which is coming out November 19th. All right. The next nice. one. Oh, look, another glorious morning makes me sick. Oh, that one's hard. Um, I'll say hocus pocus for that. Yes. One. Okay. <laughs> so so far you've gotten a hundred. This is like wow. this is way too easy. So yeah, hocus pocus again. That was Winifred say, uh, Sanderson saying that. Last one. I changed who I was to put you both first. Adele. Yes, that was from Ooh. that was from her song "Easy on Me." So what is making you happy these days? Oh, um, mm, uh, I shouldn't say it cause, uh, I do, uh, oh, I'll just say it anyways. Uh, class pass. Um, the only reason I hesitate to say that is because I know like it can screw over some like small, you know, workout studios, but honestly, I love that. I can go to so many different workout classes, you know? A variety. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you're going to classes masked up. Yes. Masked up. Um, I don't mind it, honestly. Yeah. Like I, and a couple of the places are already requiring vaccinations. Like all the, a lot of the studios in West Hollywood have already been um, requiring them. Yeah. So um, yeah, all kinds of workout classes. I like boxing. I like hit, I like Pilates, of course. Um, yeah. Do it all, all the workouts. Are you still teaching? I do. I teach Pilates Sundays um, at Pilates Platinum in Santa Monica. If oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. And do you have to make a reservation? How do you? Yeah. So um, you can reserve on the Mind Body app, which is very popular uh, workout class app. Um, I think also on their website too. It's Pilates Platinum. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, just Sundays in Santa Monica. And then it's right next to the ocean, which is a lot of fun. So. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. And then also, um, not to promote it, but like class pass is, has also been, has also been good. I'm glad that they're back because I'm sure that the, um, I know they took, I a, was, hit. They took I, a hit with the pandemic. They're I, too. Yeah. I know they did some like, um, virtual classes like a, that they would sell on there, but like virtual, I feel like the virtual ones aren't the same to me personally, for yeah. some people they works, you know, everyone's different. Did you try, were you teaching virtually at one point? I did. I was teaching virtually and it was so, I was like, I mean, not to bash on virtual classes, but I was just like, I could just do, do a video. Yeah. (laughs) Instead of like doing a live virtual, I would, me personally, if I'm taking a class, I was like, I mean, I was teaching it. So it was different, but like, if I'm taking a virtual, I would prefer to just like put on a video so that I could pause it when I want, you know, and all of that. Right. Okay. So how can people find you? Yeah. So I'm on Instagram manifest it, Mary. Um, that's where I'm most active. Um, I'm also on TikTok manifest it, Mary. I do tarot readings on there. Oh, great. Yeah. My Instagram is private, so I don't accept you if you're like a spam bot. So, you know, 
<laughs> but the, but you can find you can but you can request and if you seem human I'll probably, I'll probably accept it so prove that you're human yeah and maybe and not marry. gonna steal my information or something yeah 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 yeah, yeah. um or also just you know I'll definitely check you out on on TikTok that's awesome um I I love tarot so super cool yeah of course thank you for having me yeah thank you so much um And uh, yeah, so we'll see you next week. I'm Yummy Coco. Keep your lamplight trimmed and burning. Bye. (laughs)